For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Davey Hudson, alongside former Titan Denard Walker. And you might be able to hear it in my voice, but I'm extremely excited to be here with you all today. We've got a lot of good news to discuss as it relates to your Tennessee Titans. We can finally wrap up Clowny Watch because he's coming home. He's going to be in that two-tone blue come game day. And it's going to be great just to finally put this behind us, get to see Clowney in that Titans uniform, and go out there and hopefully take this team to the next level and allow us to get to the Super Bowl. But on today's show, we are going to get into everything that we need to recap that's happened over the course of the last week because it is a lot. And our main story is going to focus on the Titans' final 53-man roster and the addition of Jadavion Clowney and what that can do for this Titans' defense. But right now, the wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Online. I was looking at it right now, and it's a pick 'em for the Denver Broncos versus the Tennessee Titans. And I'm telling you, I'm feeling good. I'm riding with the Titans. I know they say don't bet with your heart, but this is the move I'm making with my head. I was feeling the Titans were going to pull this one out even before they added Clowney. And he might not be an immediate impact player come next Monday. But he is going to be the guy that gets, hopefully, the double team, allows someone else to get free, and just makes a play by just being on the field because he will draw the attention. But right now I'm taking the Titans as a pick And if you're looking for something a lot sooner, I told you this last week, I'm still feeling it. The Chiefs right now playing the Texans. That game is set. That game line is set at 54.5. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored here, so I am taking the over. So take the over on the Chiefs. Texans 54.5. From game spreads to totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And it's that time I ask, do you believe... But before we get into our main story, I guess to break down the biggest things that have happened for the Titans over the course of the last week, we're going to narrow it down to three just for conversation's sake. But number three on the list, the Titans did trim their roster down to 53 players. We're going to go into that here in a bit. But, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. They announced their people going to the practice squad. But that's number three. Number two on the list, the Titans have selected five captains for the 2020 season. And those players are as follows. Quarterback Ryan Tannehill, running back Derrick Henry, safety Kevin Bayard, defensive lineman Daquan Jones, and punter Brett Kern. Pretty good lineup there if you ask me. I mean, it's kind of hard to to disagree. Your two offensive guys, one your quarterback and then two your star player. When you look at the defensive side of the ball, you got Kevin Bayard, who's just a one of the best safeties in the league. He's going to be there. And Daquan Jones uh, on that, that front group. He's been with the team for a while now. 
and it shows that they have some confidence in him, expect him to make some plays this year if they're willing to put him at captain. And, of course, we know that Brett Kern has been the best punter in the league for the last couple of years, so for your special teams unit, having him out there makes sense, especially since the Titans have a new kicker that we'll be talking about here in a bit. And number one, and it is the last time it will be number one because the pin has been put on the paper. The ink is drying. And Jadavion Clowney is officially a Tennessee Titan. You heard it here. There were a lot of things that were making this not look likely there at the end. But as I've been telling you since back in March, expect Jadavion Clowney to be a Titan when all is said and done. And that is happening now. He's going to wear number 99. But we will have Jadavion Clowney out there as part of this 2020 defense. So that is going to be a very interesting storyline to watch throughout the season, see how much of an impact he makes, but he signs a one-year deal worth $12 million up to $15 million in incentives. He will have an opportunity to go out and show and play for a long-term contract, but Jadavion Clowney is officially a Titan, and thus concludes Clowney Watch. I'm going to bring in Denard Walker, and we're going to get into everything you need to know because, man, there is a lot. Denard, the big news over the weekend was that Outside linebacker, defensive end, edge rusher, however you want to describe him, Jadavion Clowney has signed with the Tennessee Titans. That's something we've been waiting on all offseason to see where Clowney is going to go, and he officially makes it happen by putting the pen to paper and committing to play for the Tennessee Titans this season. What is your initial reaction to hearing that news? Well, this is exciting news for Tennessee Titans fans. It's exciting news for me. And let me tell you something. If you're Jadavion Clowney right now, this is awesome for you because this gives you a chance to basically reconnect with the coach that taught you when you first was drafted years ago, number one overall, coming in the 2014 draft. A lot of people don't know Mike Vrabel was his position coach starting out. And if anybody that knows Jadavion, is Mike Vrabel, considering the fact that he taught him a lot in his, at his time in Houston as a position outside linebacker coach and the defensive coordinator. So this gives you a chance to reconnect with a coach where you had a lot of success. That's why I'm not surprised by this move. And if you're Davion, it's a plus for you because you get a chance to go in right away. You will contribute to this team. I think a lot of the success of this defense this year will be, be basically be held on your shoulders. So again, what a great situation it is for the Titans to get a superstar like Jadavion, a guy that is an elite player, a guy that is an electric player. You're talking about a guy that's very dominating. You have to account for him at all times. And there's so many defensive players that offenses say we got to account for. When you talk about guys that you have to account for, you talk about Khalil Mack. You talk about Aaron Donald. You talk about Jadavion Clowney. Those are what we call game changers. And those are what we call guys down the line future Hall of Famers. So again, congratulations to the Titans and congratulations to Javion Clowney for this signing. Yeah, Denard, you mentioned it, but he is familiar with the Mike Vrabel system and he played for him while in Houston. And Clowney right now is going into his seventh year in the league, but his best season came in 2017 when he played in Vrabel's scheme down in Houston. That year, he posted career highs in sacks with nine and a half tackles for loss with 21 and quarterback hits with 21 in that season. So, Hopefully everyone's thinking, all right, can we make that magic happen again? Can we get him back to where he was? Denard, the big knock on Jadavion Clowney really throughout his entire career has been his work ethic. And 
he didn't really do anything with the team this offseason. I mean, he's a free agent. We, we knew things were going to be kind of weird with COVID and being able to bring him in for a physical. Set out all of training camp, but now that everything's said and done and we can kind of tell he just waited for training camp to be over, he's, he's in Nashville now. He's going to go through the COVID testing, but do you expect to see him make an immediate impact? Do you think he's physically in good enough football shape? And I mean, we've talked about it before, but you're going to Denver, where I mean, that altitude it'll it'll hit you. The first time. Oh, it's gonna hit you, baby. If you don't know nothing about that altitude, and if you've never been to Denver, Colorado, or Colorado Springs, it will hit you. It hit Denar Walker a lot of, like a little baby. I tell you, it took me six months to get used to that. <laughs> I could not breathe for about literally six months. And it took me really a year to get acclimated to the weather. People don't believe like altitude has that kind of effect on individual. I tell people all the time, go to Denver, go put your sneakers on and go try to run outside and see what you feel like. You'll be back inside within a minute. I don't care what kind of shape you're in. So that is the key is, has he been working out? We'll see that the first game Monday because he will be in the starting lineup. But I know Jadavion, he's a professional. When you are a professional, and not to mention the money that they're paying you, They expect you to be in shape. These guys are pros. That's what John Robinson expects from Jadavion. Hey, listen, we didn't sign you just to bring you in here to maybe take a week off and and, and look good on television. We brought you in here for this game right here. So let me tell you something about him. People talk about his work ethic. Now, we saw what happened at South Carolina when he was with Steve Spurrier. Basically, it's like he took his junior year off, but he still went first round, went the first pick in the 2014 draft. The guy is like, let me tell you something, David, and I don't want to keep continue to talk or harp on something, but you remember the late, great Derek Thomas? Derek Thomas wasn't known for his work ethic. He wasn't known for his practice habits. People said this, when, when Derek, do not expect Derek to go into practice and give 100%. You might get 40, you might get 60 on a good day, but do not expect 100%. There's only so many guys that can turn it on. Jadavion is one of those guys that basically, we don't know what we're going to get, but come game day, you know what you're going to get out of Jadavion Clowney. You're going to get a dominant class rusher. You're going to get a guy that's disruptive. And basically, you're going to get a guy that only can stop himself. I hate to say this, but he is in that Derek Thomas mold. He can only stop himself. My biggest thing with the Clowney news isn't so much about Clowney as far as his impact from a statistics standpoint, but one of the things that happened a couple of years ago was John Robinson went in the second round, traded up, and drafted a guy by the name of Harold Landry the third. Landry has never had a dominant pass rusher on the other side of him, and so the fact that you add a guy like Clowney, is that going to be something that's going to be able to open up more opportunities for Harold Landry or Vic Beasley if you have him over there or Camilla Correa? All those guys, Derek Roberson, this guy is something that it just makes defenses have to put a focus on him. And so adding that additional element is just going to open things up for a lot of the other guys in that front seven. And that's really what I'm I'm interested to see. Now, Denard, I know we kind of started talking about Clowney, and that's, that's definitely been the big news. But the other thing that happened over this past weekend was that the Titans had to trim their roster down to 53 players. As someone who has been in that situation before, and before we kind of get into the guys who ended up making the final roster, what is that weekend like when you're waiting to see, all right, who all's coming back, who are they letting go as a as a player? Kind of take me through those those days that you, you had to go through back in your time playing in the league. Okay, there's two ways of looking at it. You can look at it like this. 
And we talked about this earlier on, as I alluded to, in probably our first podcast about there's a three-letter acronym that describes the National Football League. It's called the NFL, which stands for Not For Long. Unfortunate, that's the way this business works. Now, when you're a player, you got two cons- you got two types of players. You got your starters, okay? You got those guys like a Ryan Tannehill and you got your Derrick Henry's. Those are your starters. Those are your marquee players. Those are your big money guys. So they know they're going to make the club regardless. So the pressure, they're not thinking about that. But then you got some guys, what you call on the bubble. And sometimes organizations, general managers, personnel, even writers will let those guys know on a consistent, on a constant basis that, hey, how do you feel when you go out there this day knowing that your job is on the line? People will actually approach guys like that. And sometimes that can get in guys' head. And, but that's the way the business is, is that you don't know what's going to happen. Unfortunately, there's only so many jobs available, 53 jobs, but you may have, what, 80, 90 guys is basically competing just for 52 jobs. So you know that somebody's got to go. Unfortunately, that's the business. So it's kind of nerve wracking when a guy, he goes out there and he don't really, he's probably working second or third team. He's probably been there for a year, few years. But there's a lot of anxiety sometimes that overcomes guys. And one of the things I used to tell guys all the time is, listen, things will take care of itself. Only thing you got to do is do you. Go on the field, produce, make plays, and then let the rest happen for itself. Because you could go on the field, make plays, and then all of a sudden you can be traded the next day. That's just the way this business works. It's unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen. And I always tell guys to keep an even keel approach to the game which means do not go, don't go too far up and don't go too far down. If you keep that mentality, it keeps you working. And that's the only thing you can do because if you are cut, there's 31 other teams that are looking for players to come in and to fill their roster spot. So you got to look at it as basically it's like you are interviewing for other jobs, not just if you're playing at Tennessee, Denver may need now a defense end. you know, uh, Arizona might need a, another quarterback, you know, if you're Trevor Simeon, you know, yeah, you got cut and released, but somebody might be looking for another backup quarterback. So there's always 31 other jobs available for you just because it didn't work out in one place. There definitely will be other options. I, I will say I thought the waiver wire was going to be a lot busier than it was. Uh, apparently only 17 players were claimed off waivers, which is very low compared to what you've seen in the past couple of years. So this is one of those things with COVID being an underlying factor. Teams are going with familiarity over trying to go out and get a lot of other guys. And we've seen that with the practice squads and people being able to add more players to that list. They're going with guys that they know are familiar with the system. But now we're going to go into the 53 players that did make the Titans roster. This changed a little bit, so we're just going to give you the most updated version of the Titans, 53-man. And as of right now, I guess just two preliminary notes, this will change. Isaiah Wilson, first-round offensive tackle, He is on the reserved COVID list. He tested positive again, and so he's got to go through a few more protocols to finally clear that before he's able to be out and practicing with the guys again. And then Dane Cruikshank, third-year safety, was placed on injured reserve. Now, the way they have injured reserve set up is after the first three weeks, you can come off of that. I have not seen the details surrounding Cruikshank's injury, but Cruikshank has been a pretty pivotal player in the special teams unit Uh, throughout the years that he's been with the Titans. So maybe we will get an answer as to what his condition is here soon. But to get things going, talking about the quarterbacks, your starter, Ryan Tannehill, everyone saw that coming, but the backup battle ended up going to Logan Woodside. He's been competing, been with this organization for a couple of years now, and 
the team has rewarded him by giving him the backup duties here in Nashville. When we're looking at the running backs, you got Derrick Henry. He's your prize possession. Got to make sure he's him, keep him going. And then Darrington Evans, who has been a little banged up, but he is going to be your backup running back, third-round pick out of Appalachian State. And then the Titans have also added Sonoris Perry to the running back unit and Kari Blossom game, who is more of a fullback. They also play him in a tight end role at times for blocking situations. He is also going to be listed in that running back unit. And then once we get to the wide receivers, obviously you got Corey Davis and A.J. Brown on the outside in the slot. You got Adam Humphreys. And then at backup, you have Khalif Raymond and Cody Hollister, only five wide receivers right now. And then on the tight end position, you have Jonu Smith leading the way at tight end, along with Anthony Ferkser, Michael Pruitt. They actually list Michael Pruitt as second team tight end, and Anthony Ferkser and Jeff Swam at the third string. So with that being said, to give you the list of the offensive line, starting at left tackle, no other no one other than Taylor Lewan is going to be holding down that spot. You got Roger Saffold starting at left guard, Ben Jones at center, Nate Davis at right guard, and Dennis Kelly starting at right tackle. And then your backups, you got Ty Sambarello, Daniel Munier, Aaron Brewer, and Jamil Douglas. So that is the Titans' offensive depth chart to start the 2020 season. Denard, what are your reactions seeing that list? Is that what you expected? How, how are you feeling? I feel great. I feel great. And not to mention, you're going to keep three backs. Norris Perry, congratulations, veteran. And also can play special teams for you. You know, So this is a plus, I think, like I said before, it's not always about the starters. A lot of times it's about the backups because remember, we, you always want to play away. So, you know, congratulations to those guys. Yeah, you return a lot. I mean, on the every single person in your starting lineup has been in the organization for over a year. And really, they've all started in some capacity. Dennis Kelly is sliding in as the official right tackle for Jack Conklin, who had that spot last year. But Kelly played a lot of snaps, especially when Taylor Lewan was out early in the season. So the chemistry is there. Hopefully, things pick up right where they left off because we were firing on all cylinders. So you'd love to see that continue. When you look at the defensive side of things, I'll start with the front seven. You know, we mentioned him earlier, but starting at outside linebacker, you got Jadavion Clowney already slotted in at the first team, on the first team. At inside linebacker, you got Rashawn Evans and Jayon Brown holding down that unit. And then opposite of Clowney, you got Harold Landry. I love that unit. You know, Rashawn Evans, Harold Landry, they were your one-two in the draft a couple of years ago. Jayon Brown has been a great addition that you got a little bit later in the draft. Been a very solid inside linebacker. And then, of course, you bring former number one overall pick, Jadavion Clowney, to that unit. When you're looking at that defensive line, uh, Jack Crawford, who came over from Atlanta, signed him in free agency. He's going to be starting at defensive end. They've got Daquan Jones at the nose tackle position. And then at the defensive tackle position, you got big Jeff Simmons. First round pick for the Titans last year, and they're expecting big things from him this year, especially that's one of the reasons why they thought, all right, we can go ahead and send Jarrell Casey over to Denver. We're expecting Simmons to step up and really make an impact. And then when you're looking at your safe or your secondary, you got Adoree Jackson and Malcolm Butler starting at corner. You got Kenny Vaccaro at strong safety, and then Kevin Byard at free safety. So that is that is a really good unit in my opinion as well. When you're looking at the backups here. At cornerback, you got Jonathan Joseph and Christian Fulton, second-team corner. 
Joshua Kalu, your backup strong safety, and Amani Hooker, your backup free safety. At the outside linebacker position, you got Vic Beasley and Camilla Correa. And at your inside linebackers, you got Will Compton and David Long Jr. And then once you get to the defensive line for your second team unit, you got Lorel Murchison, the fifth round pick out of NC State, second team defensive end. And then at nose tackle, you got Matt Dickerson. And at defensive tackle, you got Isaiah Mack. And then other guys to fill in on the defense, you got Nick DeZubnar, who's going to be playing a lot of special teams, along with Chris Jackson, Chris Melton, yes. and Derek Roberson. Chris Jackson, seventh-round pick out of Marshall, does make Marshall, the team. Marshall, yes. Yes, we talked about that. I told you. I told you that. He made heads turn yeah. during training camp, and they have rewarded him with a spot on the team. So, Denard, as you look at that defense, what you feeling? You know what? Okay, I, first of all, I want to say congratulations to Chris Jackson because me and you both, we broke him down. I told you when I was watching film on him, the only thing that that young man was doing was making play after play after play. No, he's not a guy that's going to wow you with his supernatural testing. But you know what? He's a player. He's a ball hawk. I'm telling you, Chris Jackson from Marshall. Randy Moss was from Marshall. He's a Hall of Famer. Chris Jackson is going to be the real deal, people. If you're listening to this podcast, Denar Walker, I'm telling you right now, remember that name, Chris Jackson. But I will say this. Denar, I, I got to stop you real quick. Are you putting the Hall of Fame status on Chris Jackson no, already? Not no, yet, no, not okay. yet. I just, just want to clarify. <laughs> no, just want to clarify. I'm not crazy. Uh, but I'll tell you what. He's a ball hawk. I know defensive backs. i tell you what. There's a I'll guy give you right credit now, that you do. That yeah, you do. He, he works for the Pac-12 Conference. His name, Merton Hanks, great player out of the University of Iowa, played for the 49ers, pro bowler, Super Bowl winner, didn't have what they call all the measurements. They moved him to safety when he got to 49ers, and he became a great player. I'm telling you right now, this guy is going to be a beast because he can play safety and corner. But the biggest question mark I had with me and you both, Dick Beasley. Now, that was surprising to me. They kept him. So, again, congratulations to Vic. But Vic Beasley Jr., you got a lot to prove, big dog, because this is your year. to you got to solidify to everyone that you're worthy to keep this position because a lot of times they don't keep veterans that they bring in to be a starter, and, and you're not starting at that role. They usually release guys, which so I'm surprised that they actually kept Vic Beasley. I think based off his contract, John Robinson releasing him would look like a massive failure, and he wasn't yeah. ready to do that. So fortunately, you go out and you get Clowney, so hopefully that lessens the Beasley situation. And he's not really been able to practice. Hopefully he's able to turn things around, get it going. I'll be honest, I'm not feeling very optimistic about it, but I'm going to hold out, and hopefully it'll turn into something better than it's going right now. I'll leave it there for, for Vic Beasley. Same with you. So, Dinar, we've gone through the offense, we've gone through the defense, and to wrap things up, talking special teams, we knew Brett Kern was solidified as the punter, best in the league. Of course, he's staying here. Bo Brinkley, guy who's been in the system for a while, the long snapper, he returns for another season, so you got some good vibes there with Bo and Brett working together. But at the kicker position, i got to take the L here. I thought they were going to hold on to Greg Joseph. That turned out to not be the case, but they have gone and signed former New England kicker Stephen Goskowski. Goskowski did play college football at Memphis, so not too far from where he started at the collegiate ranks. And, I mean, he's been in the league for a good while. And the Titans, they have had issues at the kicker position, 
And so this is one of those things to where hopefully we're not having to go through that rotation again this year. Goskowski was drafted in 2006 in the fourth round by the Patriots. He has spent his entire playing career there. So this is his first time coming to a new team, and he's going to be with the Titans having those duties. Denard, what's your take on the Goskowski winning the starting kicking job? I'm not the least bit surprised. You know why? Let me just say this, Davey. John Robinson comes from what tree of football knowledge? Where do you think he learned from? Oh, Bill Belichick. There you go. Mike Vrabel comes from where? Oh, Bill Belichick. New England there Patriots. you go. Adam Vinatieri, they said he was done when he left New England after uh, 47 years of playing. Then he went to Indianapolis, and what did he do there? Still look good. Got another Steel. ring. Got another ring. There you go. So, with Getzkowski, listen, this is a four-time Pro Bowler. He's consistent. You don't stay in this league as a kicker for that long unless you're consistent. And this is one of the best in the business. I tell you, you won't have to worry about field goals this year because I tell you what, you got one of the best kickers in the league, period. Gostowski. Looking at his stats from last year, he only appeared in four games before he was hurt. And as far as his makes and attempts, he was seven of eight last year on field goals. His issue, though, was on extra points. Right. He was only 11 of 15 from the extra point marker. So... That is something to keep an eye on, which obviously, I mean, it's it's kind of changed over the last couple of years as the NFL has moved the extra point line back. But that 11 of 15 is definitely going to have to improve. But, I mean, he is coming off of a hip injury. So hopefully that is straightened out and he gets back to his old ways. Because, I mean, when you want to talk about consistency, I mean, this guy, like he's he's been the definition of consistent at the kicking position, especially his time in New England whenever – I mean, he was like a machine. Yeah, there's no other way to put it. I mean, he there for a while. I mean, he was kicking over 90% for several years. But that is something we will definitely be watching because of how things went last year with the rotating door at kicker. But the Titans, as of now, have their 53-man lineup going into their first game, the season opener against the Denver Broncos. And Denard, we've hit that time where we are officially having two episodes every week as the games have approached. And now we're about to call it quits for today. But don't worry, everyone, because we will be back on Thursday giving you our preview of the Titans versus the Denver Broncos. So make sure to tune in there. But as always, we appreciate you joining us. We always love seeing your all's feedback that you have for us. And we look forward to continuing into the 2020 season as the Titans are hopefully able to put together another remarkable run. And maybe we're hoisting the Lombardi Trophy at the end of it. We'll just wait and see. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V Podcast. And you can follow me, Davey Hudson, on Twitter at D-A-V-E-Y underscore Hudson. And you can follow Denard Walker at Denard underscore Walker, D-E-N-A-R-D underscore Walker. And if you want to keep up with the latest and greatest on Believe in Titans, we even have a new Twitter account you can go to that's at Believe Titans, B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. We'll have a lot going 
as we get the season underway and the Titans finally take the field for 2020. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.